0: Tondrick Hall. Oh, is this, and also Taylor Swift, I was just telling someone right now, like, there's something about Ed Sheeran that, he's not an ugly guy, but I just want to punch him in the face, you know, okay. and I kind of have this thing with Taylor Swift where I have no problem with her, she's like a fine human being, maybe a little extra or dramatic, but like, there's something about her face, I don't like her because of her face, same thing with Ed Sheeran, and it doesn't surprise me that this Tondrick Hall likes Taylor Swift or is friends with her because they seem like people who'd be friends with each other. <laughs> I was surprised
1: to know that they were friends. I don't know. It that, seems like they friends. would
0: be though. Cause they, they, you know what? They're both like, you know who they remind me of? Uh, maybe not Taylor Swift so much, but like they're in the same universe as that person we know from the company we used to work at who was always like smiles and unicorns and puppy dogs. And then behind the scenes was a horrible human being. Well,
1: I, I think, she being. think she was a horrible human being. You don't think she's a horrible
0: human being. Ugh.
1: And, oh, she wasn't a horrible human being.
0: Well, she's a lot darker human being than than uh, than. She doesn't
1: laugh at your jokes. <laughs> like what evidence do you have of her not being a good person, Mike, other than she didn't think w- you were funny? <laughs> will
0: you admit? Will you admit that there's a persona that she shows people, and then there's a real persona?
1: And, and then like, there and start think we're con- about the wrong- We're talking about a different person then. Say who because- you're talking about, and then I. No, that's what we're talking about. You think that she's an awful person in real life or a different person? Yes. I don't think so at all. Oh. Um, real quick, to everybody listening, my name's Mike, that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for over 15 years and every single week we call one another and we and we catch up.
0: Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That's what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week.
1: So Taylor Swift and Tadra Call is what we were talking about. Um, Tondra Call is in the new Taylor Swift video, and I just saw that. And that's why. Would you sleep with this Tondra Call? I think he's handsome enough. Yeah. Um, I've been a fan f- of him since his like YouTube days, like before he kind of I- – I've liked him for a long time. I think he's – Wasn't he on So You I Think feel like He Can
0: Dance or something like that?
1: I don't think so. I may have made that up. I don't know where he I came think from. I yeah. Um, also, Joey, I have this – I'm an, getting so old. Yesterday, somebody on my, like, right said something and I turned to look at them and my neck now can nev- can't move. Like, wow. It's kinked and I feel like I'm basically in a neck brace and I have to move my whole body to look to the left or to the right. Are you taking any kind of medication for this? Uh No, I took aspirin last night, and that was it. And I thought, like, oh, I'll just sleep, and I'll be better in the morning, and I'm not. No, here's what you need to do. You need to take
0: ibuprofen every four okay. hours. And you're going to be like, I'm not feeling anything. But you need to do it every four hours without fail. You never miss a dose. And okay. also take Tylenol. For, the Tylenol will help with the pain, ibuprofen a little bit with the pain. But the ibuprofen builds up, and then it it slowly... Because uh, also, an anti inflammatory, so bring it down. But it's not like one of these things where you take it and you feel better. It's like you have to keep, I've learned it's got have back problems, is that you just got to do it the, just every four hours. You take the, I, I even, keep, whenever I have to do that, I keep a, a journal of what time I took the medication at, like an old person. And
1: uh, I might give that a try.
0: Yeah, it, it, now it takes a few days sometimes. Well, I don't know how bad your neck hurts, but I know with my back, it takes two or three days, but you got to do it without fail. You never miss a dose.
1: Anyway, how are What's you doing? What's up with you? Oh, same time. Jinx. Monsoon. What's up with you? How are, how are you doing?
0: Well, it's been a while, like seven days since we caught up. And um, not a lot has happened, but there have been some events. Like, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of quick stories at you for my first batch here. What are your thoughts on
1: snakes? Um, I don't like them. Like, are you afraid of them? No, well, I had a pet snake when I was growing up. Did we ever talk about that? Yeah, I want you to know that I'm avoid the obvious joke, but uh, no, I don't think we've talked about it. So when my dad was younger, he used to. He, so he lived in Pears, California. Oh, I know where that um, is. There's a lake there. He, yeah, a disgusting lake. And yeah, he where would, my parents used to take me there and tell me that was
0: the ocean. I never saw the real ocean until yeah, like let's go to the beach. Eighteen years old.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we used to too, and it would. It's the grossest like lake. It's you go in and you're like, uh, there's like a couple inches of like oil from yeah. all the boats on the lake. Yeah, yeah. there's like floating diapers. Yes, it's, like it's just gross. A disgusting, disgusting lake. Yeah,
0: my my mom um, used to tell me that because she was afraid that like a wave would take me away, and so she wanted to tell me that was the beach.
1: <laughs> so we, my dad grew up in Paris, so he. I guess to make extra cash when he was a teenager would go out and find snakes and then sell them to the, the pet stores. That was like something he used to do. Mm -hmm. And so one night or one uh, day we were actually riding our bikes around Lake Paris and, or Paris Lake, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was just a snake in the middle of the, the trail we were riding our bikes on. And so my dad, picks it up and he's like this is it was like a purplish colored snake and he's like this is a um a rosy boa and it's a it's a nice snake and he put it in his backpack and we took it home and it became my pet snake and that's kind of the end of the story but then the snake uh one time i put my hand in the the cage to like i was taking stuff out to clean it and the snake snapped at me (laughs) And ever since then, I I basically got rid of the snake at that point. We gave it to someone. Because I was not putting my hand back in there after that. I'm going to tell the you end. something. Tell me your snake story. How about that? I am deathly afraid
0: of snakes. Like, deathly afraid of them. Like, Indiana Jones style. Okay? And so, my parents have this fig tree, and I'm making a fucking shitload of fig jam. I'm so sick of making yeah. jam. I'm so done with this. Right? I can't wait till it's done. And, um, I went to the tree and all of a sudden this black garter snake just in front of me. And I was like, nope, no fig jam today. And in fact, never i never going
1: into this backyard again.
0: I'm not even joking. <laughs> I don't think I've gone to pick figs since. Really? I told my mom today, well, I'm going to go pick up some figs. I'm going to make some jam this weekend. Pick the figs. I'm not going to fucking go up there. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So there's like a, a, a snake-shaped version of my mom in the backyard.
1: Oh, like he ate her?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mama, que pasa, mama? Ay, Dios mio. Anyway, uh, that's that quick story. Quick story number two is, um, now Mike, I don't know if a lot of people know this who listen, because not a lot of people talk to me on the phone who listen to this show. But um, a really good sign that you're becoming a, a close friend of mine is when you call out to me or text me or somehow mention how terrible at goodbyes I am. Okay? Sure. So uh, there's this uh, this kid that I've been mentoring, Armando. You remember if you heard the story uh, yeah. from that thing. So like, I, it's not super intense. I give I call him from time to time to make sure he can gain his college applications in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause we're getting to that time. He needs guidance on how to apply for college. And so it's, I'll check in and say, did you get this one done? Did you get that one done? Anyway, he sends me a text message the other day after one of our phone calls, like immediately after. And he says, like, um, you need to work on your goodbyes. Sure. Right. And I wrote, Oh, I go, oh, cause they're so fast. He goes, uh, in a word they're rude right Mm -hmm. here's the funny thing people call me out in this and i'm being honest i don't see it as super fast right sure but before we get to this i'm going to tell you this so what happens for the evolution of friendship is the you know step number one is you call me out and say i say goodbye really fast the next step is then you tell me you know what that bothered me at first but now it's my favorite thing about you sure okay but do you think you can do an impression of
1: that here we go. Anyway. The well, it's the hard part about it is cuz I've never experienced it obviously come to one doing it. Well, it's not just like, oh, Joe says goodbye and hangs up. It's more than that. It's like naturally phone calls have like a minute wrap up where you're like, "All right, well." And so then both people kind of send signals that they know the conversation is over. Mm-hmm. But what Joe, what you do Joe is if I like <laughs> if I yawn in a conversation, Joe's like well, okay, I guess I'm being boring. Click. And, <laughs> and <laughs> you don't have the chance to like do the wrap-up. Even if you're ready for it to wrap up, yeah. you don't do the the natural kind of like send the signal that this conversation is over from yeah. both sides thing. Yeah. So that's what it is. Okay. So the the real story is this.
0: So I'm talking to my friend Shannon today, and I'm telling this story, and I say – Yeah, he sent me this text message, and he says, you're really bad at goodbyes. And it's kind of just started the way I told you, right? And then right at that moment, the lawyer, who is so hard to get a hold of, the lawyer that's handling the nonprofit for me, calls me. So I go like, yeah, and then I go, (laughs) Shannon, I go, (laughs) yeah, and then he goes, you're really bad at goodbyes. In a word, they're rude. I got to go, lawyer, bye. (laughs) And she even said, as I, was, I heard her as I was hanging up, wait, are you being serious? And then I, <laughs> and then the lawyer's talking to me, I realized what just happened, and I'm like crying with laughter, and she's like, and I need you to fill out this form. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, that's so funny, and she texted me afterwards. So there's that quick story. And then, uh, other quick story is, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was going to hang out with friend of the show, John Paul. Yeah. And my car battery died? Oh, no. Yeah. And um, luckily, it died. I was parked right by my brother's house. Right by my brother's house. So he came and helped me, uh, and he helped me jumpstart the car. But it's one of the things where you realize how we knock straight guys all the time. That's what the whole point of this show is. The whole point of this show is just to yeah. make fun of straight people, you know? Point of my life. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, my brother had all the fucking tools. He told me what kind of battery to buy. Like, everything. Like, it was so helpful to have yeah. him
1: around. So I don't know that that's necessarily only straight people. There are gay men that do it. Just m- more straight men do that kind of thing. Have all the tools. Know what you need to fix problems. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Mechanical problems. Jean-Paul happened to be in Orange
0: County. We were actually going to originally go to L.A., but he happened to be in Orange County. So he came to where I was. Because they were going to test the battery the whole thing, right? And and then, so it's just me and John Paul, like, helpless. And my brother's like, and then we're going to put the battery in, babbidi blue. And then my brother's like, okay, there you go. Fixed up. See you later. I'm like, okay, bye. And John Paul's like, we were right in front of a uh, Polly's Pies. He goes, uh huh. I want to try this strawberry pie. So then we went and had pie. And then we went to go see a movie. And left your car there the whole time. Yeah, left my car there the whole time. So you didn't even need the car. Yeah. I could have oh, well. done, yeah. But anyway, but my brother put the battery in, tested it, everything. He's like, "How was Polly's pie?" the best part. They ran out of the pie that he wanted to try, uh, so we had some random pie. But I'm a big like fan. Rhubarb. Uh, I what? No, I had this lemon cheese one, and then he had he wanted a peach pie really badly for some reason. Like, was his dying for a peach pie.
1: Is lemon cheese like cheesecakey? Yeah. Or what do you mean like cheese? cheesecake? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah cheesecake. I felt like lemons and like craft singles
0: <laughs> no 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 no, okay, no, no 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 no, uh what's going on with you
1: nothing <laughs> oh shit what i might have three stories okay go ahead i forgot you about- do. you have you have one more about wink murder no but then i have another story i just realized Oh, good. Okay, go ahead. Well, I have none, so that's fine. I do. I did go to Tahoe. Remember we uh-huh. talked about? I forget like what we talked about last. I t- did. I I told you we were going to Harry Potter.
0: Oh yeah, how did, did that I, go?
1: It was okay. It was t- between you and me. Yeah, I'm not going back to another one of these.
0: If, no matter the movie.
1: Maybe a movie I really like, mm-hmm. but this Harry Potter series they're doing, I'm not going to go back and see another seven or eight, however many Harry Potter movies there are. I'm not going back to the rest of them. It was good enough, but like, we got this movie on DVD. Why do we have to sit here? Yeah. And I don't know. It, there were a few things that were nice about it. Like people cheered when certain characters came on screen mm-hmm. or they're just uh, people dressed up. That kind of thing. Yeah. But but for the most part, I forgot that the orchestra was playing the music behind it. I was just watching a movie. You know, it's so funny
0: that you say that. I went and saw a couple of movies with the Hollywood Bowl playing the orchestra along with it. And yeah, at a certain
1: point, you're like, oh yeah, the orchestra is playing it. Yeah. It just is easy to forget because it matches what the actual soundtrack of the movie is. Yeah. it's nothing new or exciting about it, really. Um so that's it we did go to tahoe which i really needed we had three days of like just relaxing and um it was really good uh jennifer's house in tahoe is really nice and um was perfectly sized how big is it um it's there's three bedrooms i mean it's not a huge house but it's big enough um there's like a nice beautiful deck in the middle of you know this beautiful kind of Uh, wooded area Mm -hmm. and it's right near the lake and we sat on the beach and i got sunburned and we drank a lot and it just was a good time good time start to finish Mm -hmm. um there we did play cards and remember how she's super competitive yes She got. There was a moment that was like kind of awkward where she got super competitive, but I'm not going to get into it too much here because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. But that that did show its ugly, ugly head. But uh, other than that, was competitive? Huh? Is Steve super competitive? No, not at all. The opposite. In fact, like in conversations, I've heard Steve have conversations with one of his friends who's like super feminist. Yeah, and. Steve kind of pushed back a little bit on something she was saying and she was like, nope, and just like laid it all out there. And you, I could tell Steve disagreed with like what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was like a critique of one of their co-workers. And I could tell he was like not agreeing with her, but he was like, uh, I guess. And like just <laughs> let it go. And that's just kind of how he is. He's not a fighter. He is a peacemaker for sure, um, which is a good thing mm-hmm. um, f- most of the time. Every once in a while, you kind of, not that you want to fight, but you want like, um, when you're looking for advice, for example, Yeah. you you want to say like, here's where I, where my head's at, but I really want to get talked out of this. And he, a lot of times he's like, you know, I support you. Mm-hmm. I support all of your decisions. Yeah. And every once in a while, you just need a smack in the face. You need someone to say like, I don't know. Well, yeah, I that think you, you want someone to tell you you're wrong. No, I agree
0: with you. I, in fact. The good thing and the bad thing with me is I think my closest friends are essentially a team of rivals that just constantly tell me how wrong I am all the time. But that's why I value them. And that's why I value Adam Vott's judgment and decision and advice so much, because he, he's not afraid to tell me when I'm wrong. In fact, the story I'm going to tell next, I'm not going to get it now, but the story I'm going to tell next is a place for that, you know? Sure. And we'll get into it. What's your other story? Well, I want to finish this. Oh. And so I think you need to have a balance and uh cuz sometimes you want someone to tell you when you're wrong but sometimes you don't you don't need someone to tell you when you're wrong you want someone to tell you you're right you're just in an sure. emotional hurt or place or not
1: tell you anything just yeah. say like oh or my just god listen. oh my god yes, yeah
0: yes yeah and so uh you need you need to collect a, a variety of people you don't want just yes men but you also don't want just no men you need a you need a collection of those people um okay i I can't believe well, no this actually is important that I forgot to put this down and forgot this story but I feel since I talked about it a little bit on my other podcast that no one can listen to by the way because it's only for people who donated to the show that I should talk about it here, which is I've had you know oh I talked what what I did talk about in here is that I've come to this realization that I have a lot of love to give, and sometimes when I get depressed, it's because I bottle it up inside, and then it you know love turns to hate. It sours it sours yeah. essentially, and not necessarily against other people, more against myself. Sure. And so that when I feel like giving love to people, that I shouldn't be afraid to give love. Be everyone's willing to accept love. You know, in whatever form it is. So, a lot of times, often in the morning, I will send out really sweet text messages to people. Okay. I never get in. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been doing it fairly recently. Okay. Sure. But like, for instance, sweet Michael and I, uh, we have this running joke. Like, what are your thoughts on these bit emojis?
1: Oh, you're asking yeah. me? Yeah. Um, I think that they're usually. Older folks who are learning the internet and think that it's funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: They're not funny. They're so corny and stupid, and I don't like them, right? I'm sure we're offending a lot of people in the audience because they're very popular. Sure.
1: My mom started using them. Did we talk about this? We can talk about it because my parents started using them now. Oh, God. It was so amazing. So she started sending them to me and my sister, Mm -hmm. and the best one... One morning, she sent us one, and it's her, and above her head, it says, woke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she meant, like, she woke up in the morning?
1: Yeah, I woke up. <laughs> yeah. My
0: my mom tries to find reasons to use them. Yeah. So, like, out of the blue, I got a text message that said, it's so hot, I can't, I'm going to turn the air conditioning on. Like, what? And then and it sent a bit bitmoji of her on a surfboard with ice behind the ground like keep cool or something like that and she just wanted an excuse to send me that bitmoji cause like why else would she announce that she's gonna turn the air conditioning on I don't know it's so weird so um so anyway Michael and I think they're so corny and funny that we send them to each other we try to find like the worst cause they, they make new ones like every day So oh, really yeah 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 if you go in to make new ones every day so we try and beat each other to find like the worst one like the corniest corniest one and then we send them to each other. So often lot in the morning I wake up and I'll send him um the worst bitmoji's ever like they're horrible like me as a cat or something like that right? So uh I'll often do that and I'll send, you know, like to people like have a great day or you know, I think I have sent it to you now that I think about it. Uh Maybe. and it's and I just do it in the morning. In the morning I often feel like doing that. Well, last Sunday I don't know what came over me. This was very dumb of me. I temporarily unblocked Cameron. No,
1: Joe.
0: <laughs> I temporarily unblocked Cameron. I sent him a very nice text message. All it said was, "Hey, a lot of the shows we used to watch are back on and you've been coming running through my brain and I just wanted to say I've been thinking about you and I hope everything's well from afar. Joe." Sent it and then reblocked him. Right? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that Is so it- far?
1: Isn't that Yeah, isn't that kind of a problem that you've already encountered where, like, it's unfair for you to throw something at him and then re-block him everywhere so he has no way to respond? And then I went about my day. Okay. okay.
0: So, and I actually forgot about it, okay? And um, FYI, a few weeks ago, I had a conversation with Sweet Michael, this is important, where I said to him, you know, my thing is, I don't even think Cameron thinks about me or cares about me, I wouldn't even be surprised if he forgot I existed. Like I'm sure like if someone says Joe, he's like, Oh, I knew someone named Joe. Like I think he's dumb. Yeah, I think he did some silly thing, right? And Cam- Michael's like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I think he just doesn't care. I think he's just a fucking he's over it, right?
1: You're dumb, but okay.
0: So then I wake up on Tuesday morning and there's these alerts on my phone. And they say, Cameron has deposited one dollar into your account there's two of them oh so i'm like so i'm like oh that's cute you know he didn't have a way of getting a hold of me and so that was his kind of way of giving me a thumbs up putting a dollar in my account
1: but there's probably messages
0: attached oh there were messages attached i went to go clear the notifications and the first one says you're being neither cute nor endearing and the second one said leave me alone you inconsiderate asshole so I start, like, shaking. I get really upset. So I call Sweet Michael, and Sweet Michael's like, well, you know, he still cares. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and in a sick way, there is some sort of weird, sick satisfaction from that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I was sad, because I don't want anyone to be
1: sad. Now, here's the deal. I, well, I feel like you just tore off the scab that was, like, doing so nice at healing. Like not saying you were completely healed or that this whole thing was like resolved and done or oh, on my end. No, just the, the whole thing. Okay. Like it's not like all the feelings are, all, all the negative feelings are, have washed away, which they do over time. Mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of rip that scab off and now you're letting it bleed a little bit more, which is unfortunate. <sighs> That's true. And I will acknowledge it's unfair. I,
0: he's still blocked by the way, but it's unfair yeah. for me to block him. And to do that, you're right, and I shouldn't do that. I want to say that. You had to
1: make, it cost him $2 to Well, I sent him the $2. I sent him
0: the $2 back. (laughs) I did send him the $2 back. Now, here's the thing, because I was laughing going, I told Michael, I go, he says, I'm an inconsiderate asshole, right? I don't think, look, I I agree. I think there are a lot of people in this world, and I could list them right now, who think I'm an asshole, okay? But I don't think anyone would ever call me inconsiderate.
1: Yeah, and well, I feel like inconsiderate asshole is more of a – it's almost like an idiom or a cliche that he just kind of threw out there. It's not that he thinks you are both inconsiderate and an asshole. I feel like what he's saying is like he's just trying to express that he's frustrated by, you know, getting a random message and like probably the scab getting peeled back a little bit and like the fresh blood that he was ready to – not have, you know, at that date. So I have a weird conspiracy theory.
0: Because okay. Sweet Michael and I told him this, and even a couple of people don't know him that well, but they thought it was weird. They go, "That doesn't really sound like Cameron. Like the 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 syntax didn't sound like Cameron. That's not how he talks."
1: You know, I disagree with this theory. Okay. What do you think the theory is? <laughs> You're gonna say that somebody else did the message? No. You think someone no. else wrote it? No. No. no.
0: I think he found a mean text message I wrote him and copied and pasted and sent it to me. Because that's Joe Batant's syntax. And that's my theory. It sounds like me. It doesn't sound like him. Like, Cameron, if he was being serious... No, I I think he was being serious. I think think he was, to be extra dicky, throwing my own words back at me. Like, he meant the sentiment and hear your words, the thing you told me, you know, in November, I'm throwing them back at you, uh,
1: and I mean it. It hasn't even been a year? No. Oh. It feels like longer. Does it to you? Oh, it's been a year since we broke up, but remember there
0: was that weird weekend in November? Oh, when did you guys break up?
1: In June.
0: I can tell you the day, actually. Okay. June 26th. So
1: So a month, I mean a year and a couple months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. And, that feels right. Yeah. And
0: then there was that weird weekend where we had like a, we talked for a weekend. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I did, I did get very mad at him at the end of that weekend and said horrible, mean things to him. And I kind of feel like he, cause it does sound like a horrible, mean thing I would say to somebody. And I have a little bit of a theory that that's what he did. He copied and pasted a mean thing I said to him and sent it back to me. By the way, meaning the sentiment, not in a like. Oh ha, ha. no, he means it. But hear your own fucking words, you asshole.
1: My opinion is that nothing good's gonna come from that, and or at least not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And so, keeping him blocked and just like no, yeah, I'm gonna leave him alone. Someone, calling someone else during those moments of weakness. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give the love to somebody else. That was that was wrong with me. Yes. I agree. that was wrong with me. Yeah. All
0: right, but let's end on a happy note. So um, I'm in Malibu right now, and Chris and Mercedes are in Argentina. Okay. Yep. For the next few months. But they have some friends of ours, they're friends of theirs that I'm also friends with, that are staying in their house for a while. Yeah. So they invited me over to come say hi. They had some other friends coming over, and I went over there last night. And so my friends, Olivia and Rashawn, have two kids. Uh, both girls, and one's 13, the other one's 10. And then the other friends have kids who are the same age, a boy and a girl. Okay? Mm-hmm. And while I'm there, we're all having a good time. They're really nice. You know, the friends are super nice. I love Olivia and Rashawn. Blee-blah-blue. Blee-blah-blue. And then they're like, um, they're like, let's play game. The kids wanted to play games. And they wanted to play this game called Wink Murder. you ever played it?
1: No. Yes. Which one is it? Um, well, when you said it, I thought it was a board game, so I'm like, no. But is it the one where you sit in a circle and the murderer winks at someone and they're dead? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So
0: for those of you who aren't familiar, everyone gets a slip of paper, and it either labels you a peasant, a detective,
1: or a murderer. For those of you that didn't work at a boys and girls club or weren't a camp counselor, yeah. here's how you play. I had never played it, and that was neither one of those things, so...
0: Uh, and uh, so one person, the, the detective has to identify him or herself at the start of the game, and he, the detective is trying to find the murderer, and the murderer to kill people weeks at them, and then that person does some sort of dramatic death. Yeah. I never played this game before, but it'll explain to me. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Olivia, Rashawn and the two friends are actors, and the kids are just children. Yeah. They were doing, Mike Lawson, the most dramatic deaths sure you've ever seen like like oh yeah that's a different story they were like these it was deaths like it was like oh my god that's a really serious death (laughs) and everyone would applaud at the end yeah
1: so there's like a backstory yeah yeah you know like (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) pretend that i'm a 24 mother on welfare (laughs) (laughs) living yeah
0: so then it would get to me and i'd be like i'm dying and then just put my head down <laughs> on the table. Like I was playing Ted's Up, Seven Up or something. Yeah. You know? And Party pooper. I know. You could tell they were so disappointed. I was actually thinking I should do like serious. I was like, because they would do like this Like everyone was being poisoned. I don't know why everyone was poisoned. But, and I would be, I should be like, oh, my left arm. And then just collapse. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know? I never got to say I'm sorry to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
0: yeah, like really sad deaths. <laughs>
1: um so that You just w- lie down and start telling them about the cancer diagnosis you got 2 months ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: guys. <laughs> I have lupus.
1: You know like what? <laughs> and then, "Don't you fret,
0: Monsieur Marius, I don't feel any pain." And i they're like, "Why is he singing a song from Les Misérables?" Anyway, <laughs> uh so then they're like, at one point, they're like, let's make it scary. And they turned all the lights down in the house so until super, super, the lights were flickering, the candles were flickering. And they go, Joe, do you have any scary music you could play? And I was like,
1: bitch, you asked the wrong person
0: or the right person. <laughs> because I will play you scary. You
1: probably put on the same playlist you put on when we were driving through the cemetery. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. And I played Thriller. <laughs> Well, first you played, like, some weird, like, music box music. That, that's what I
0: played. Mike that's what I played. Yeah. I played calliope
1: yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, it's so creepy. Like circus calliope but, music. Yeah, it would be like. But it's technically happy music. Yeah. But if you're in the right environment, <laughs> yeah. it's freaky. It's super scary. Yeah.
0: So now, yeah, imagine, like, there's this, like, really dim lights, and you're playing a game where people wink at you and murder, and it's just like. Doo-doo-doo. you know, I'll put a sample in right now, right here. I'll put a sample right here. So, yeah, so at one point, the kids were like, this is too scary. <laughs> so the, the, Olivia was like, can you put on something like Jaws or like Monster Mash or something? Monster Mash, I don't know. What. <laughs> so the, so the, it, was, it was too scary for them, right? So then we finished yeah. playing Wink Murder, and then we play a game called um, I Love You. Do you know this game? Um, tell me. You stand in a circle, and you have to go up to someone and say, I love you. And then that person has to say to you, without laughing, I love you too, but I can't smile. Yeah. And then if okay. the person smiles or laughs, then they have to go in the middle of the circle. And the last, yeah. almost like a hot potato, the last person in the middle of the circle when the time is up
1: is a loser. This is kind of a lot like, uh, or I'm I'm guessing these kids went to camp recently, or they go to an after school program or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all like time filler games. Yeah, like slumber like party every- games. Every good per, uh, adult that works with children has a bunch of these in their pockets so that, shit, we have 20 minutes to burn yeah. and I have, you know, 20 kids in front of me. I'll just play this stupid game that gets them quiet and it's, you know, orderly for a couple minutes. By the way, I was a detective at
0: one point. I'm the worst fucking yep. detective. The worst. Like, the, the murderer kept killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And finally it was down to this the little boy and his father. Yeah. And I go, I think I know who the murderer is. It's Michael, who's the father. And they go, no! No, it was a little boy. Everyone knew. And then Rashawn goes, um, the kid's sister, uh, the the murderer's sister said, at one point, he goes, Joe, at one point she said, the murderer is so annoying. (laughs) How did you not know? I go, I don't know. I don't know. I'm the worst. (laughs) So in the I Love You game... You know, I think it's important to you have relationships with these people. I don't. I mean, I know Rashawn and Olivia and we're casual friends, but they live in England. I see them maybe once a year, right? Yeah. I don't know that they're friends at all. I just met them. So now, it's this weird, awkward game where they're all going to each other and saying, I love you and playing the game with each other and then they're just like skipping me, which, I by the way, I'm fine with. But it's uncomfortable but happening so that you can tell that they're like, we better do it to Joe because no one's paying attention to Joe. But then I don't have relationships with them so they would be like, I love you. I'm like... I love you too, but I can't smile. And I kept shutting everyone down and you could tell they were just like, "Oh." So finally I felt badly. So then I was like, "Why uh, really? well, yeah, I was like, like, someone said I love you too and I went like the worst fake laugh. I'm the worst actor. I'm like you know, my fake laugh." Mm-hmm. And so I went in the middle of the thing, but then because they had no relationship with me, I'd say, "I love you," and it was just a bunch of people saying, "I love you too, but I can't smile." And I was in there the whole time. No one was laughing. And I got stuck at the end. I didn't get out to the next round when someone, I think, felt sorry for me and was like, ha ha ha. And then they never came back to me. I was dying I for that game a to be dodgeball. over. I know. <laughs> Seriously. They're, they're all just hitting me in the face.
1: <laughs> Throw it at him!
0: <laughs> so uh, uh-huh. that was my story.
1: Hey, Joe, I uh, by the time most people hear this, we'll kind of already know how this plays out. A group of far right activists are coming to San Francisco to hold a rally this weekend, and they're going to be met by peace activists offering flowers. And um, there's a, a peace concert actually right by my job uh, that's happening. And also, Joey, dog shit, lots and lots of dog shit. So hundreds of San Franciscans plan to prepare Chrissy Field, which is um, this like really nice. That's what my beach. gym coach called me in high school. Chrissy Field? Well, I don't get it. Chrissy. <laughs> Just because that's
0: such a girly name. Like, Come on, Chrissy Field, the- climb that rope.
1: Yeah, it's basically this like really nice beach that's in the shadow of the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's where the right-wing protest group is going to be doing what they're calling the Patriot Prayer, mm-hmm. and they're going to gather, and um, it's going to be whatever. But it's it's federal land and that's why they're doing it there because uh, the city would shut them down in a heartbeat um but somebody had the idea that they are going to start walking their dogs at chrissy field right now and let their dogs poop everywhere and it's turned into this thing so now the beach is covered in dog shit because all these people are walking their dogs and not picking up the poop mm-hmm. um it, this dude that takes credit for it um said uh, Oh, on Sunday after, they're going to do a cleanup where they bring shovels out and they're going to clean up all the poop. So it's not like they're just doing this and then the poop is just going to be there. They also have a, a plan on how to clean it up. But I, th- I thought it was very funny. There's actually folks – I mean I, I work with folks that are like, we're bringing the dogs out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a bunch of dogs out there pooping uh, because all these white nationalists are going to come out tomorrow to walk there. Now here's, here's my question. As a a community organizer, maybe
0: you might be able to chime in on this. But uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But do you think it was a mistake announcing this so publicly? Because then wouldn't the Uh, counter banter be, we're just going to go clean the poop up first?
1: Sure. Or they come prepared somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It would be kind of better if we did it kind of in secret and then – they should have been like what he, is what is this? This wow, this ain't no different. It's like being back home. Like, <laughs> I,
1: okay, I feel like um, though the, the it, it requires being a little bit open because it requires a lot of people with a lot of dogs, right? So you need to publicize it a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying I, I guess it could have been it, like yeah. like a little more covert, and then. Like, during the event, release a press release with photos or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would, that would be funny. Yeah. Right.
0: But I guess you need a lot of dogs. That's a tricky one, but it is good. It is good. I like yeah. it. Uh, so
1: that's happening this weekend. And um, what's funny is, though... Oh, never mind. That's, never mind. That's work. It's work-related. I'll tell you later. But mm-hmm. um, if people are scared to go to, like, the Civic Center. I think, like, the, the um, wealthier kind of suburban folks... Are not coming into the city this weekend. Um, oh. People are avoiding it because they are certain there's going to be a riot. But what's funny, like you don't write a press release for a riot. Like maybe there's going to be you know there's demonstrations and people will clash. But it's not. I think riots the wrong word. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not planning on going. Well, so tomorrow we're actually going to go to the zoo. So we'll be in Oakland. We won't be. You in should pick Texas up some shit while you're there. Yeah. Criggle go to Chrissy Field. Nope. Um, what's up with you? Do you have a news story you want to
0: share? Sure thing, Mike Lawson. A Fountain Valley man is suing Heineken, saying he found two dead leopard geckos floating in his beer can after he noticed... <coughs> A foul taste. In his Orange County Superior Court lawsuit, George Toubet says he suffered abdominal pain and vomited. In August 2015, after drinking from a 24-ounce can of Heineken he had purchased from a Ralph's in Fountain Valley. By the way, it's the same reaction people have when they see me on Grinder. so I don't know why this guy's bitching. Toubet's daughter later examined the beer can and found two juvenile leopard geckos inside. According to the lawsuit... How'd you know their age? Yeah, I don't know. They were wearing sideways remember? hats, and, and they shop at uh, uh, Hot Topic. Uh, <laughs> leopard geckos are commonly sold as pets. Tube became violently ill and went to the emergency room at Fountain Valley Regional Hospital, says the lawsuit filed last week. It says he continued to suffer from severe gastrointestinal ailments, emotional distress, anxiety, and trauma, and missed several weeks of work. That just sounds like the side effects of one of those pills you see on TV. Like, Ativa. Yeah. Or
1: it sounds like the side effects of seeing you on (laughs) (laughs) Grinder.
0: Heineken says accusations are false. (laughs) Tube is seeking an unspecified amount in damages. Let me ask you this question. Do you think this is real?
1: Um, I'm going to hijack your question. And let's assume it's real. Like, what kind of money does the guy deserve? Like, 100% Hundred percent. Let's say this hundred percent happened. Sure. He hundred percent got sick. He a hundred percent couldn't go to work because of the trauma of it. Like, what does the guy deserve? I mean, I what? Do, what? What? Do, what's your opinion on that? I'm thinking. If I'm a jury
0: member, I'm taking. I'll I'm ask you some questions here because this is your game. Uh, how much work did he miss? It said a uh, couple weeks, Okay, and then if you had a ballpark guess, how much do you think he makes a month, let's say? Um, two
1: grand a month. Okay,
0: so let's say he lost about $1,000, okay? Okay. So mm-hmm. based on your estimate, he lost about $1,000 worth of work, and then there's some emotional distress. So I'm going to th- throw in $4,000 for the distress, right? Okay. That's worth the, a month of work. Okay. okay. And then you know there need to be some punitive, you know, like, hey Heineken, you did something wrong here and you need a
1: punishment. I would say fifty grand for that.
0: Okay. So I would say fifty four, fifty five thousand dollars.
1: Okay, so now that we've kind of figured out what you think he deserves, like, I don't know, how much is that hurting Heineken to just shut him up so the story isn't a thing? Mm-hmm. Just give it to him and let's call it a day. I think that's kind of what's wrong with the- or that's something that's problematic with our, our system is like this story is just alive until the trial's done. So like how much would it hurt Heineken to pay that much mm-hmm. to just squash it right now yeah. without admitting guilt, without admitting anything, just get it done with. Do you remember the woman who found a f- thumb in her Wendy's chili? A human I thumb? I vaguely remember the story. <laughs> Um, she, it turned out that it wasn't even, it it wasn't from Wendy's. Like she found a thumb somehow Mm -hmm. and put it in the chili and then reported it. And I don't know. I feel like it's a slip and fall at the grocery store. Like there's certain crimes that I'm like, I just automatically feel like it's it's somebody trying to pull one over and get some fast
0: cash. I think so too. I think it's silly to to do that one because I remember... Someone did something similar with, like, a mouse in a Coke can kind of thing. Sure. And Coke was able to prove that there's no possible way that that could happen. Like, just the way that the, like it would the have, manufacturing process the, works. The weight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the weight of their shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: so it's, it's kind of silly because they could so easily prove, like, that that wouldn't even make sense. Like, yeah, they weigh everything. Like, it's so precise that they would know that there's, like, two dead lizards in
1: their can. that would be something off yeah. about it. Ricardo and Alex bought a huge bag of like dog food mm-hmm. um huge at Costco um mm-hmm. like probably four foot tall bag of um uh dog mm-hmm. food, and when they brought it home, something in the bag was moving Ooh. like yeah, like there was something in it, like a mouse or a mm-hmm. rat. And they eventually – so they put it outside, and, like, the dog was, like, freaking out at the back because mm-hmm. it would move a lot. But also it was dog food, yeah. and he knew it was dog food. But, like, um, the dog was freaking out, and I think they eventually just threw the entire thing away. Like, just put it in the garbage, and that was that. Oh,
0: you wouldn't take it back to Costco and say, hey, there's something moving in here.
1: Would you put it in your car? I don't think I would. You know, you're right. I was so afraid of that snake. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I hope this Heineken guy gets what he deserves, and I'm not saying he deserves 60 grand, but if that's, if it's true, then give him 60 grand. Yeah. Well, no, you know he wants, like, a million.
0: He thinks this is his payday.
1: Yeah. Did you see this lady who won the Powerball? Oh, yeah. I was actually
0: thinking she was kind of silly. I was reading articles about how silly she is.
1: Yeah. What do you mean, silly? Well,
0: because, okay. So, for some reason, I'm convinced I'm going to win the lottery. I think yeah. a lot of people are. And there was this really good Reddit post that I saved, actually. On, like, what to do? Yes. When you win the lottery, what to do. Step by step. Everything you need to do when you win the lottery. Okay? Yeah. It I think it may have even had this advice in the newspaper article. But, like, in states where they force you to expose who you are. Yeah that you have to check to see if they will allow, like, a trust to pick it up. So then what you do is, you have a year to uh, claim, claim it. And so what you do is you go to a... So the big advice in the beginning was, if you know you win, you hold on a ticket, you don't tell anybody, Yeah. and then you call literally the biggest financial institution. They're, you call them and you say, I want to talk to your vice president of this. They have the who list, right? And they'll be like, no, but yeah. you know, you're like, nope. And I only will tell him, and then they finally just you you hammer until you get that person, and you tell him, "Look, this is the deal." And then that person will take the ticket and arrange for it. But also, you set up. This is what they said: you set up a trust, and then have a representative from the trust go and accept the ticket. It's not. It's not even you. Not in your name. Not in your name. It's not even you. And then that person accepts the the winnings. In Your name for that trust, and then already you have all the barriers set up like you have all the tax stuff set up, you have everything set up. So when you finally get these winnings, uh, it's already all set up how it's gonna go and it's taken care of. And you have a year. Sure. So they were saying she's kind of silly because she put herself out there and everyone knows who she is, and she did it the next day, she set nothing up like she's just like a one. And it's like, it's like literally she's – I think after taxes, she's going to have like $344 million.
1: After taxes. Sure. Yep. So – That's amazing. That's amazing. Like what I, what I could do with $1 million would be enough. But like $400 million. What would you
0: – would you take it the annual or would you do it in one lump sum?
1: Lump sum. Oh, really? I'm, I might not be alive in 10 years. Why would I do that? I would do annual. Really? Mm-hmm. Nope. I would do lump sum and then give myself a salary, maybe, so that I like I could live off of.
0: Well, yeah. So in that like, article, they talk about that. You, you, the way you set it up is essentially there's I can't remember the specific, but one of the, that was really smart is you and your financial advisor determine. Here's how much. Fu- there's like three accounts. Like there's like the main bulk, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the like fun money, right? Like I'm gonna buy a jet or what? I don't know what you're gonna buy, right? But I'm going to do this. And that, that's there. And then there's the friends and family and charity part, right? Sure. And the friends and family part, you basically tell everyone, look, I've set aside, i to make it up right now. $20 million. Once that money is gone, it's gone. And mm-hmm. that's it. You know, we've gone through it. And same thing with the fun stuff is like once you go through that but then on the on the principal part, you set it up in such a way that you're living a very, very nice life on the interest. But
1: sure. It's making money, yeah. Just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'd be fine All with right, that.
1: Good, good advice, I will apply that when I win. Yeah. I'm already thinking like, Ugh, can we hurry up and win already? Like I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> um Hey Joe. Yeah. Standing in front of the San Francisco Public Library uh, one afternoon, a man inject told us told KTVU mm-hmm. that he injects drugs three to four times a day, heroin and meth mostly, and most of the time he says he shoots up in public. Sure. And uh, so the San Francisco Public Library actually is right outside my office window, um, right where I work. Is like in the Civic Center area. There's a lot of folks that are hanging out in that area a lot of folks that are doing um injectable drugs um a lot of weird kind of like business deals that i don't understand like you'll see a guy walk up and he opens a bag and it's full of like sunscreen Mm -hmm. and people just crowd around him and like buy it from him but i don't get i don't get it there's also something weird where like these older Chinese women put out like a a small blanket and they have like a bottle of shampoo and an apple and um, jewel cases for CDs, like random shit for sale. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand the end game exactly. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's all in this area. um, And there's a lot of folks injecting drugs. Um, It's very uh, pretty much every day going up the stairs from the BART train to my work There, – I'll step over syringe or I'll see syringe caps. Um, There's just a lot of that going on in this area. Mm -hmm. But soon, Joey, there may be somewhere else to do it. The San Francisco Safe Injection Service Task Force is finalizing its recommendations on whether the city should become the first in the United States to open a place where drug users can shoot up. Medical staff and drug counselors would be on site. So according to the San Francisco Supervisor London Breed, recent statements by many on the task force indicate support for the idea. And also drug users say that they like it too. So it would be a cleaner environment. Less people would be, you know, mad at the drug, you know, looking at the people injecting drugs and in disgust. It would also, you know, have fewer needles, hopefully, like in the uh, just lying around. Um, It's unclear how many sites the task force would recommend or where they would go. And some members have suggested putting them in existing drug clinics. And many residents say they like the idea, but some say they don't. As you might imagine, it's bringing out folks who say that this is kind of enabling instead of fixing. And um, they think shooting up in public isn't desirable, but shooting up period um, is not desirable. So. They say we should spend these resources on drug rehabilitation instead of just giving place, people a safe place to do it. Um, if the idea is eventually approved, the first safe injection site could open up as early as next year. What do you think about that? Are you on the side of this is just enabling and you know making it easier for people to shoot up? Or do you think that this could be helpful to our city? You know, one might think that I would be opposed to this, but I'm
0: actually for it. I think look, they're going to use, and what you do is it helps you clean up the other parts of the city. I'm, I think I also like I also like the idea of the of the safe injection being in a drug clinic. Sure, and because I think a lot of the people who use drugs don't want to use drugs. It's not like they're doing it because they were like ha, ha ha. I'm look. I'm sure there's an element that is, but yeah. I think there's a lot of element like they don't want to do this, but they need it to live. And I'm not yeah. saying the first time they go to the drug clinic and they meet the counselor that they're going to be like, "I want to change." But when you develop a relationship and trust, when you're really sure. ready, you already know
1: them. Yeah. Now you have a friend that can actually help. Yeah, you Yeah, and off. they
0: know you want to, and they're just waiting for you to be ready to, to get off. And uh, and it it, it 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 promotes clean needles so that people aren't getting HIV or they're not you know lying around on the streets. It, I think it also will will calm down the crime element, just the random crime that surrounds it. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a really good resource. I think I I think
1: I'm totally for it. I'm pro it. Okay. I I wasn't sure what you would think. Um, I agree with you. I think so. San Francisco has some pretty good needle stuff already. There's sharps containers all over the city where you can just drop in your used needles and they're kind of locked boxes. So it's not like you can drop them in and someone else is going to take them out. Um, San Francisco also has a really good sharps container. So if you have a pharmacy or sharps container law, if you, uh, have a pharmacy in the city of San Francisco, you have to, uh, take a full sharps container. If anyone brings it in, you have to take it and replace it with an empty. So, um, that's not the case in most places in the country. Most people, I'll bet you anyone listening with a sharps container probably has a, Coffee can that they tape up and then throw in the regular garbage. Most people do because it's such an inconvenience and it's also an added cost. So, San Francisco's you know a little progressive on that too.
0: Um, I have a Sharps container that I use when I test my blood for
1: uh, diabetes blood sugar testing. You do really? So you put the little like um, syri- the lancets in there? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, Mike, it's so big. I don't think I, I think it's like one twentieth full. Yeah. I'll be dead before I I, I mean, I put needles in mine, and mine take forever to fill up. Yeah. So, but I know at the end you're supposed to... T- I'm a member
0: of Kaiser Permanente, the medical group. You oh. just take it into them, any pharmacy, and they'll take and give you a new one.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I'll, I'll be dead by the time it's full. Thank you. Probably. And all my lottery winnings will go, they'll just go away. But that's the thing, too. Like, like, yeah, but if you die... I don't know if this is the case, really, but... People have said, yeah, but if, when I tell them about the annuity, they're like, if you die, then no one's going to get the rest of those winnings. I'm like, I'm dead. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and True. true look, and, I'll, and, look, I'm, I'll leave it to my nieces, but it's like, oh, they only get $80 million? <laughs>
1: like <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they, if you take the um, annual payments and you die, somebody still gets that money? Oh,
0: no, no I, I think they don't. Oh, zero. Yeah, I think they don't. I could be wrong. Which might be oh, another okay. reason to put it in a trust. Because then the right. trust will just always get it. I could be wrong, though. Uh, John Arts, could you please, resident researcher, find out the, <laughs> it, it, the the rule on that?
1: Thank you. I have a cousin. Um, who, do you have anything f- who's gay and no, younger than you? No, no, no. Oh. Who won the lottery?
0: Close. He's in the lottery, police.
1: Oh, yeah, I know yeah. that. I should ask. Oh, you. I wonder if you won. If it would be like, oh, family. No, it's only. Lottery, I, I actually know this.
0: Uh, I, I, I asked. I'm so convinced. I'm going to win the lottery. It's only his immediate family who lives in his house.
1: So they couldn't win. No, they They're can't even play. They can't even play lottery any people. lottery at all. Good, like even scratchers nope, or anything. Nope, nope, wow. No. Wow. But uh, I'm fine. I can play. Um. We. Um. Oh, what are you doing this coming week? Well, I'm going to a
0: charity event tonight for to watch Adam Conover from Adam Ruins Everything, a show I don't neither watch nor listen to. Interview the showrunner from the Handmaid from the Handmaid's Tale, a show I've never seen. So it should be a fun time. Uh, but I'm doing it for a friend and showing up. And then uh, I think just having different people over over the next week, just like a uh, friend of the show Jay Ellis is coming over. Cousin of the show Richard's coming over. Friend of the show John Paul is coming over. I think friend of the show Melissa and the Queen is coming over. Um all during but you know what? Not on the weekend, all next week.
1: Oh. So this weekend should be pretty mellow for you. Yeah, this weekend is pretty mellow. Good, I'm jealous. I have um today is friday so i'm actually uh, my weekend this week is friday and saturday that's actually gonna be kind of a pretty normal thing for the next six months or so mm-hmm. um so uh today or this evening steve and i are celebrating our three year anniversary three years so that's yeah Is not crazy um, and we go to Musee Mechanique every year, um, mm-hmm. which we've talked about on here before. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go there this evening and then we're going to probably eat at, um, well, I want to eat at the Stinking Rose. Do you know that in San Francisco? They
0: have one in LA too. It's just all garlic.
1: Yeah. Everything's garlic. And
0: Steve he wants to eat at smelling movies. like
1: garlic. No, Steve likes, <laughs> Steve likes good food, but he also likes shit food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like shit food too. I never, well, very rarely do we go to a shit restaurant and I'm disappointed. Like I like my moons over my hammy or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I like the shit food that they give you at Applebee's, but I just don't like it every day. And Steve doesn't either. Steve actually, I mean, we'll go to Applebee's and he'll be like, instead of fries, can I get broccoli? And he'll eat that. So (laughs) he doesn't go there necessarily to eat, you know, unhealthy. Um, he eats pretty healthy even at, Applebee's with their microwaved broccoli but um we're gonna probably go to stinking rose that's where i want to go but i also told him like when we were talking about it last week and i was like well we don't have to you know decide to eat at stinking rose today because what if we don't want it next friday but Mm -hmm. i still want it so hopefully we'll go there and then tomorrow i told you we're gonna go to the zoo Mm -hmm. in oakland um i'm not a zoo person really but steve wants to go so i've suggested it and that's pretty much it. I also have... So I have tickets to Something Rotten. I was going to go see it again with Scott the Seder. Yeah. Uh Ditched me. Canceled. <gasps> something came up with his work. So he's he's actually really bummed about mm-hmm. it. So I need to find somebody to go with me. I have two tickets and only one butt to put in a seat. Where's Steve? So he already went. We saw it. Oh. Um, we went to the preview uh, performance. So I've seen it already. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I might invite Bryce, my friend Bryce. When is this? Um, Next week sometime. Oh, wow. So anyone who listens to this, if you live in the Bay Area, contact Mike Lawson and he'll take you to a free performance of Something Rotten. I would. If somebody listening to this wants to go and is in the San Francisco area, I would totally would. Oh my God. Make sure you felt your will and testament before you go. Especially what? if you're late. Oh, or, or, oh or, to that person. I thought you were saying to me. Uh And I was like, oh, funny joke, Joe. Our listeners are killers. (laughs) But you were saying, I'm going to kill them. (laughs) Well, especially if they clap or laugh. Oh, yeah. Don't laugh or talk or anything. Um, This show actually has like a cool, there's like a huge musical number in the first act that usually gets like a standing ovation. Oh, really? Like it's such a huge number. um, And it's just really large and very extra. And it's good. It's like a theater nerd it's their heaven. Like everything is a musical mm-hmm. theater reference and joke. There's a medley that kind of like plays with a lot of famous musicals. It's, if you like musicals, you will like how much the show makes fun of musicals. It's basically like a William Shakespeare. Um, uh, William Shakespeare's kind of taking over the playwriting scene mm-hmm. in 18 or 1590. Eight, when was Shakespeare? I don't know. Then and um, I want to say like 15 early 1500s. Oh, well, this play takes place in the 90s, wow. the 1590s. Like, that's really yeah, maybe 1590s then. And so, Shakespeare's huge. And so, somebody, these two brothers decide to put on a musical, and <sighs> it's the first musical ever. And they make fun of like how stupid musicals this are. Sounds like a nightmare.
0: And this sounds well, you know what? I fun. might like because you're saying to make fun of how stupid musicals are.
1: Yeah, I think it's fun if you like musicals, and I think you would like it, Joey, because you would get all of the references for the most part because mm-hmm. you are awa- like you are aware of musicals. I'm
0: like, I like I have the same feeling about musicals that I do about magic, which is I love magic, but I hate magicians. And with musical musical theater, I love some musicals, but I hate musical theater people. Mm-hmm. Ugh, mm. the singing everywhere and,
1: the, and they're just always they look at me, look at me, look at me ugh yeah, their toes are always pointed
0: yeah, it's just constantly like, bursting into a song and I, like anytime like you know like, oh I bought an Ikea chair and, uh, and like putting it together and you're like, oh god here we go I'm putting that the Sondheim number right now from, from <laughs> Ikea you know, step uh. by step Getting all the key up furniture. And you're like, oh, God, no, stop.
1: Stop. That's pretty much my week next week. All right. This nice catching up with you, Joey. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook Facebook.com slash CU Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at CuPodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com, or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean it, um uh
0: um um
1: um uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 um Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed and you'll no longer be afraid.